0: From Dead Silence by S.A. Barnes Once you've been in a position to watch everyone you've ever known die, the light goes slowly out of their eyes, transforming them from this magic assembly of quirks, habits, preferences, and dreams to an inner pile of spent flesh and bone. You realize not only that life is precious, but also, That death is absolutely inevitable. No matter what you do, the people you love will die one day. And sometimes it happens sooner and faster and more horribly than you could imagine. This is Gothic. The Gothic Podcast is a horror and humor actual play audio drama. As such, it contains material, including our jokes, that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Tonight on The Gothic Podcast, we're going to check in with all three of our intrepid groups. The Let's see the sitcom that is the android and the little old ladies on board the on board Wednesday Station. Come and knock on your door. <laughs> the strange exploration that is occurring on the planet Trakai after a shipwreck and the horror that is occurring on board the salvage vessel Pescado Malo in deep space. But first, we're going to go to Wednesday Station. When last we checked in on Wednesday Station, and it has been a little while since we've been there, but um, our characters, Axel, Maisie, and Jules, were gathered in Axel's secret hidden space, where he, revealed to be an android, repairs himself when needed. There, they also hooked his memory banks up to a set of television screens, and what they saw was rather shocking to all of them, including Axel himself. What they saw on the screen was not just the demise of the strangely armored figure that he had encountered in the access Tunnels earlier in the day, but also an older memory, one of what appear to be marines being torn apart by similar terrifying, horrifying creatures. So, right after that imagery comes onto the screens, you're all sitting back, contemplating it, some in shock perhaps, and what replaced it on the screens was the standard Wednesday station um, news feed. Just scrolling through various bits of pro- uh, procedural rules and governmental actions and such. And of course, the menu uh, that will be going on in the commissary. When three names also scroll across the news feed, your three names. And those names are under the tag "wanted for questioning." What do you do?
1: I change accents again. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh,
2: <laughs> tighten my uh little shawl. over my head, just like firm up the knot a little bit. Turn and give a nod to Jules, and and be like, "Oh, it was nice knowing you. I wish you luck." And uh, go back to my room because now I'm leaving uh, with a rather more alacrity. <laughs>
0: I believe if I remember correctly Maisie your space was near where Axel is. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, so she lives down at uh, what she jokingly calls her room which is actually just kind of the dead end of a hallway. There is a room at the end but she's kind of put a wall of like containers and and tarps and blankets and little bits and bobs of this and that boxes, you know, think anything that might be useful. I imagine she's uh um collecting things with the intent eventually to have like a functional you know kind of base camp amount of stuff, but she's not slimmed it down yet. she's just been collecting things, so she kind of uh scoots back to her space and starts grabbing together the essentials first of all, because she wants to get off the station
0: a little hoarder corner yeah uh, so there are so many rooms available why why don't, Why do you not have a room?
2: Maybe she didn't trust that no one would come to check on the rooms, but she could stick herself down at the bo- bottom end of a of a hallway and probably not get you know bothered too much. I mean, hoarders are weird. Yeah.
0: What about you, Jules?
3: With the idea that somebody you know that we we're wanted for questioning, because Jules is not somebody who uh, typically stays on the fringe. She's kind of uh, you know normally very out in the open and very noticeable. So she's a little curious about this idea that she is now wanted for questioning and would like to investigate that just a little bit to see if she can figure out what, uh, like, who is wanting to question, uh, maybe, you know, not only where that's coming from, but try to glean some information as to uh, why they would want to question her.
0: Okay. How are you going to go about that?
3: Well, the easiest way, I assume, is to start with uh, finding a console and seeing what information she might is either available or she might be able to make available.
0: All right. So there is that equipment here in Axel's space.
1: Yeah, the equipment is available in Axel's space. Um, I wonder what Axel would actually say in a lot of this case. Um, right. Uh, so I need to figure out what... I'm still looking for who activated me and also figure out why. Why here? And if they can provide any more information, I'm interested. I will go to the commander myself if you guys need to lay low for a while.
4: Oh, goodness, I suppose we should find out who, as they say, is on our side before we start blabbing around what we know.
1: I am at the least risk here, being only as synthetic. I think I I feel responsible for you and all the people of the station. I could find out what's going on. Go talk to uh, Commander Wiscombe himself.
4: Perhaps maybe we could... Do a little snooping around. It might behoove us to, you know, open the book, as it were.
1: You we have to remember, they might be looking for us as well. Oh, I assume they are, but... While this space is hidden, um, I'm, I'm quite certain that they would have some kind of trackers that could f- f- find us. That's the question, though. Why are they looking for us? Being as how we hacked into their communications network, it's quite possible they saw everything we saw.
4: And yet there's no station-wide alert.
1: Uh, that's what just came over, was a station-wide alert.
4: For us, not our little, not the little critters.
1: That's what makes me worried.
4: Same here, I'm very worried. You would think that would be the biggest priority, but instead, the alert is for us.
1: But we know that there are Marines already out there trying to contain that situation.
4: Unless that's also why they want to find us containment. Maybe they just want
1: us for more information, just as we're looking for more information from
4: them. Or maybe they want
1: us for less. If you feel unsafe, Jules, I will help you find shelter and safety. I can figure out a way to get you off this station.
4: Oh, no, no, no. I'm right where I belong, but as they say, you don't get so old by being so bold. Caution. That's the way to proceed.
1: Very well, then, Jules. Um, uh, can I take a moment to look and. while I'm connected to the comms and everything, can I take a moment to try and find a place that seems more, uh, if it seems like it can be shut off completely, that has good um, life support systems, that has uh, access to water, power, communications, is there like a, a certain area of the station that either I would know of or that could access um, through the command terminals um, that I could figure out a way to get Jules, Maisie, and um, priority the kids as well um, into a safe space until um, I know a little bit more about this situation with the Marines and these alien creatures that seem to be um, on the station.
0: Go ahead and give me a calm tech. Candy bar out of the way. Uh, One success. One success. Ah, ah, ah. (laughs) Uh, You could push it if you like. Oh no, you can't because you're an android, never mind, yeah, no <laughs> you cannot push it you got to move it move it <laughs> push it <laughs> the space that comes to mind immediately when you're looking at the schematics of the station in the in the virtual layout that is uh processing at the moment in uh inside your head is the east ring, of course because it's abandoned, essentially. Isn't that where we encountered them, though? It was in the east access shaft or or tunnel that uh, leads out to the ring.
1: But getting them there, that's going to be the difficult part.
0: I mean, that's the one that comes to your mind immediately. Okay. Uh, There are presumably other places as well. You are finding that apparently a lot of security measures that aren't usually Implemented are currently active on the uh, system. And so you're having a hard time accessing things. Now, there's the basic schematics of the ship, there's power usage, there's environmental information, that sort of thing is there. But to find what you're looking for, which is something that is safe and secure or securable and still powered, heated, as atmosphere, all of that good stuff. That information, it can be correlated, but it's it's taking you longer than it normally would, just because.
1: I'm having to fight through security measures.
0: Security protocols that you're trying to avoid being noticed while you're even doing this relatively low key browsing about. A Jules, Axel has sort of zoned out there, kind of staring off into space. While the cables are still hooked into the back of his neck, uh, what are you going to do? Uh, there are terminals around. If you wanted to go ahead and go with your original plan, or if you wanted to do something else,
3: she's going to grab a terminal and try to dig into that message a little bit more. Like the alert is there, um, but she wants to look a little below the surface on that alert to see if she can discern, like maybe who exactly sent this. You know what details maybe along with it. For reasons unknown, she feels fairly certain that oftentimes in those alerts, there are uh, messages, not necessarily hidden in them, but embedded in them. You know, say the Marines may get a slightly different message than the civilians would, and so on and so forth. So she's going to look and see if there's anything like that happening here.
0: Sure. We haven't talked too much about Jules and Jules's mm, background. Jules has, however, shown some interesting proclivities, such as having access to a terminal of her own uh, that seems to have some kind of tracking um, setup on it, as we saw before she went out after Axel. What, um, What special qualities are you bringing to this search? Not I mean, you, you have that knowledge that sometimes there's these layers of messaging, but is there something you're able to bring to this that is going to allow you to hack deeper into the system to access those messages that wouldn't be for the public eye?
3: Oh, it's possible that Jules has a login that might be useful that's a little more, let's use the word subtle uh, than uh, the login. She might use Say when she's roaming around her kitchen whipping up the most recent recipe. Maybe she has uh maybe she has another login that she can use. So as she approaches the terminal, she kinda does the um, you know look around for a little privacy moment before she logs
0: in. Maisie's not here. Maisie tucked her hat onto her head and essentially flipped everyone off and headed <laughs> out the door. <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: um, yes, yes, so there yes. Is
0: just, there is just Axel staring off into space.
4: Hmm. But there's a time to throw caution to the wind. But
3: when it comes to a souffle, I'm afraid you can't be too cautious. So she's, uh, she's going to be very cautious. It's just to make certain that there's nobody around and nobody watching. And uh, uh, she's going to log in using uh, a login that, if somebody were watching, uh, might be less recognizable.
0: Okay. Go ahead and give me a ComTech. tech.
3: Uh, looks like we had just one success out of that mess, but we did get one.
0: Oh, I see you are still rocking a stress there. I I
3: am, yes. Unless you think enough time has passed.
0: Um, I'd say probably that stress can still stand, since uh, there are some fairly stressful things going on right now. Fair enough. Like the government, like, trying to find you? <laughs> Big brother knows, man. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And so you too, Jules, get involved. Typing, typing away. Maisie, there in your room. Have you decided what it is you're going to take with you as you escape Wednesday Station?
2: Yeah, I'll. Uh, you know, I'll take the basics, kind of like a a bedroll and, or maybe not even a bedroll, but like a long heavy coat. And um, I've got my stick. I've got um a <laughs> little one of those little um. Like flameless sto- uh, stoves that run off, runs off of gel, and um, a variety of shiny things that I might sell. I think I've probably got those. You know those giant pairs of like really old scissors that are just like each arm is one solid piece of metal, and uh, you know things that'll keep me safe and warm and fed primarily, and my stick.
0: So it hasn't taken you terribly long to gather that up. What's your next move?
2: I'm headed. I'm just headed over to the the area of the station where where ships would dock. Uh, which I don't know if I'm I know where. I'm just trying is. to find the next boat out of this motherfucker. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm headed down. I intend to uh to stow away on whichever ship looks liable to leave first.
0: The docking area for ships is going to be. Uh, there are a couple of of different places. Uh, there is the the center of each of the rings, i.e. at the end of each of the um, large spokes coming out from the central mass of the space station, the the mass that has the gardens and the the domes on the top, and goes out to each of the four rings that uh, make up the living and research areas of the uh, station so there's there's a dock at the end of each of those that that's mostly though for dropping off supplies and such sometimes passenger vessels or vessels that you can get passage on uh dock at those as well. the lab vessels that come this way, the uh military vessels, the uh major supply and and that that sort of uh spacefaring stuff all goes and docks on the underside of the main mass of the uh station, so that main mass there in the midst of all of this, and uh, you can go to our Instagram feed and see a hand drawn picture of Wednesday station done by me, your <laughs> game mother
1: well, We need to add more to that Instagram now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But you would know if there was a ship right now at the north dock, which is the, the north ring is the ring where the commissary, the shops, the stores, the, you know, some of the living areas are. And uh, you know that there isn't one there right now. But that doesn't mean there's not one at one of the other two active rings, the west ring or the south. You all are in the west ring right now. Cool. And you don't know, of course, if there's any under uh, the uh, the main part of the station, the engineering section of the station, engineering and life support. So, how would you go about finding out this information that you need, or what do you what do you what is your plan?
2: I think I will uh, also find a nearby panel because everyone's using panels, uh, a nearby terminal, and I'm going to try and. Look up to see if the you know we're in the west ring of the uh, of the station. I figure that's probably information I could find out. So this
0: part of the gothic podcast is pretty much like going down the street and seeing everybody on their phones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, give me a comtech. Let's see. All right. Let's see how well you do.
2: I've got one success.
0: Well, with one success, you see just scrolling the general news feed for the station, which does tell what the public-facing ships are that are docked here. Uh, You do, in fact, uh, confirm that there is nothing docked at the north ring. There's only room enough for one ship at each of the rings. Mm -hmm. Um, You see that there is a ship docked in the west ring, but uh, it is not due to depart Uh, for another two days, it looks like.
2: Okay. Is there room for uh, more than one ship at a time to dock down at the central part? Yes.
0: You might get as many as four or five down there. I think there's probably enough docking uh, slots for six.
2: Okay. I'll, I'll head that away.
0: Okay. The corridors of the West Ring are not quiet. There are plenty of people. And uh, some of them nod to you as you go by, not necessarily in recognition, just in acknowledgement of your existence. You keep a relatively low profile, isn't that mm-hmm. correct?
2: Yeah, yeah, I do. And I think that, uh, you know, the moment she's kind of in a space with that's a little busier, The back hunches maybe a little more. She starts to lean a little more heavily on the stick and uh, adopts a a sort of a mild, mildly confused smile. Let me
0: get another roll from you as you are attempting to make your way unobserved, unspotted by those who might otherwise turn you in or maybe even mm. uh, some of the private police force that's roaming around the uh, station. So, let's see. Mm. I kind of want to say mobility for this unless you have a sure. better idea, maybe manipulation you're trying to Manipulation
1: to try and like seem unassuming yeah. or maybe even survival to just stay unnoticed.
0: I actually think manipulation probably fits the bill better. Because okay. you're trying to assume a persona. You're trying to assume an unassuming <laughs> persona. You're unassuming an assumption.
2: Okay. All right, so manipulation. I got one success.
1: The night of, the night of one success. The
2: night of one successes.
0: How many stress are you at?
2: One. And it was the stress dice that I got the, the success oh, on. Well, there you go.
0: You make your way down uh, the, well, around the hallways of the West Ring to the elevator. Remember that the elevator is a complex beast, (laughs) and so you um, slip easily into the uh, elevator at this end. Of course, this isn't the tricky end. The tricky end is uh, down (laughs) at the uh, main spoke where uh, you have to get out of it while still spinning but uh um, you ride down with a fellow in a lab coat who's peering intently at his clipboard um jotting down some notes this is an electronic clipboard but still and uh just a couple of civilians and you get out at the main spoke and start down it but there ahead of you are two Of the private security people for the station. They've got their jumpsuits on. They've got the not badge, but patch over their left breast that is emblazoned with the um, symbol of the station. How do you get past them? They're looking at people who are going by, they don't seem to be stopping anyone.
2: I think upon seeing them, Maisie um hunches even more, leans even more heavily on the cane, and um begins uh doing that thing where she's alternatively clutching the the um like the place where her little headscarf thing knots under her chin. She's either kind of clutching that or kind of almost looks like she's patting the air or maybe reaching out to the wall for support and just kind of creeps like a very little old lady up.
0: They glance your way, or one of them does. But then uh, one of the others tells a joke, and the one that was looking a little bit more intently at you uh, turns back and laughs at the joke, and you slip past.
2: I don't speed up until I'm. I, I speed up again until I'm out of sight.
0: Back in Axel's room, Jules, you have accessed the sub levels of the messaging. In the news feed, you aren't able to get very far in, but you're in far enough to see that the order that is going out to the security team has your names and general descriptions, but there are no pictures attached. And these orders aren't coming from Commander Wiscombe, but rather from Wednesday Station's. Chief Scientist, Jacob Chaucer. Oh, no. Hmm. Axel, on your search...
1: And you told me that, that seems like the East Wing is... Or the East Ring is the most defendable. Like, to be able to lock off a section and, like, create a some kind of panic room or bomb shelter kind of bunker.
0: That's kind of up to you to decide. The East Ring is more or less abandoned. It is where there are old labs that have been shut down but not stripped, and there are um, lots of spaces there that just no one goes out there because its uh, they don't uh, pump heat out there other than to keep it just warm enough to you know not have the whole thing freeze from the cold of space. It's not heated to comfort levels. Uh, the rest of the environmental controls for out there are sporadic at best. Lighting is crappy. It's a very scary, spooky area that the the kids play around going out in the, Let's in the go main go for the haunted house. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't they don't go too deep into the ring itself. Also because the elevator is um locked. And so to get into the ring itself you have to climb the um the elevator shaft up to the ring.
1: In that investigation, would it have been possible to figure out a way to lock off, like, a certain corridor for, like, a fast-movement exodus of people if needed?
0: You mean, like, do it remotely?
1: Yes. Like, set it up, lock off a lot of corridors, send a lot of people, and then shut it so that it's, like, like I said, like kind of like a panic room.
0: You think you might have been able to do that at one point, but uh, those security protocols that are now in place don't give you that sort of control without you risking uh, discovery.
1: Then I would probably move on to escape routes and probably come to the same conclusions that Jules did.
0: Oh, about the ships?
1: um, Exodus, like getting off the station.
0: You see that there is a ship in the West Ring. That's
1: not leaving for a couple of days. Okay.
0: That's not leaving for a couple of days. Uh, But uh, you two are blocked out of knowing what ships are in the administrative docking area.
1: I would search for uh, Axel's, Jules', and Maisie's um, uh, information files for the station and would uh, instantly try to remove any um, specific identifying photography. Any images?
0: Again, something that you might have been able to do before, but that is currently... The security
1: protocol has locked me out. Yeah,
0: has locked you out because of the security protocols.
1: Gotcha. At that point then, um, actually reverting to, can I use the comm system to tap back into something more previous to my current memories of any activation or who activated?
0: Those memories were accessed when Jules was messing around with getting your memory up and running from earlier in the day. And so you might be able to do so with her help.
1: Okay. But it seems like I still have no idea. Right. From what I can access. Jules, um, do we need to get off this boat or should we find out what's really going on?
4: Oh, I suppose... I suppose there's wisdom in leaving, but I just don't know if my inquisitiveness will allow me to. I, I seem to want to know more.
1: I think it might be a good idea to have a word with Jacob Chancer at this moment. If you would like to accompany me, then you're more than welcome to. I don't think Maisie's interested. I'm going to try and see if I can get the others around the West Ring here to a safer location and we can figure out what's going on.
4: Why do you wish to go see Mr.
1: Chaucer? Ultimately, I'm looking for answers
4: very interesting i uh, while you were doing your little thing, I asked an old friend, and turns out he's the one looking for us. That alert it came from him.
1: Your friend with the Chief Science Officer.
4: Oh no, 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 no. My friend dug this up. It didn't come from the commander.
1: Yes, I've noticed that too um but I think if we're to find any answers of what's going on, then at this point, he's probably our best bet.
4: Possibly, but should we do this on our own terms? Sure.
1: If you need to take care of other things, please do so. I'm going to pass the word along to Maisie and and some of the locals here in the West Ring, and hopefully they can uh, shelter themselves and not explore too extensively into the ugliness we encountered earlier.
4: Very good, very good.
1: Be safe, Jules.
4: And you too, my synthetic friend.
1: Try to find Maisie. If I don't find Maisie in her corner, if she's already gone by that point, oh, maybe she's, I hope she's safe. And then I'd move along and start mentioning to um some of the kids around, um as well as some of the families that I know, to just try and stay in your quarters for the next little bit, just in case. You know, not not like... Dire warning, but, you know, just kind of like a be safe, um, please
0: stay inside tonight kind of thing. (laughs) Maisie, Mm -hmm. uh, you get to the uh, central mass of the station. Yes. Engineering, administrative, and big hydroponic and uh, garden domes, where it's going to become a little bit uh, tricky. Those aren't public docks down Mm -hmm. there. There are public routes uh into the into this section of the station uh the The gardens in the domes are uh available for people to go wander around, although the main dome has been closed off for about a week. The signs indicate that it is uh undergoing special fertilization techniques.
2: Special fertilization. <laughs> Get out the special fertilization. <laughs> hey, 420. Hmm. I've seen like people who people who work on the station in like um like a blue collar capacity, like folks who go around and clean or or whatever, right? And kind of been able to observe them and, you know, watch what they do. Sure. I think what I would like to do is uh the best of my ability, like, like, duck in somewhere and take off my headscarf and stuff like this and put everything I have into maybe a garbage bag or something and uh, pretend to be somebody taking out the garbage.
0: While Maisie pretends to take out the garbage, <laughs> Axel moves from known family to known family, giving them warnings. And while Jewel pursues her own, sometimes unfathomable investigations, we go to the planet Trachai. We go deep within the planet Trachai, Trachai with its bands of stone and ice and forest and desert and plains, but all of these things in band after band, wrapping around like a a wicker ball that you might find at the craft store. But on planetary scale, waterfalls pouring from one level to the next. But we leave the more temperate levels, the outer levels, behind. Our camera wheels down, spinning down past these ribbons of land, and forest and earth and snow and stone and rock, and down into the depths where it becomes darker and darker until at last we see one point of light, a point of light that becomes multiple small points of light as we get closer. The lights shining from the exterior of the shuttlecraft of the Wapiti crashed on a deep, deep ring near the core. Of the planet Trachei, having gouged through uh, what appears to be strange formations of snow and ice, revealing metal, worked metal beneath. And then our camera wheels into the interior of the shuttlecraft, where a group of conscious and unconscious Marines, scientists, and Navy pilots are gathered trying to decide. What to do next?
1: We're going to explore it, right?
0: Among them, of course, Dr. Laura, Wild Bill, and Ray. The chief scientist of this expedition, Dr. Wick, uh, he has been arguing for the need for investigation since all you have to do here is wait anyway for the inevitable, he says, the inevitable rescue mission, which will certainly come for us soon as, uh, as Dr. Angels here has, uh, set the correct frequencies for such, but, uh, this is this is inexplicable worked metal. What is this?
1: I am, I am excited to explore, sir. Um, I have sent out the distress signal, but if if you will allow me, I will get my bag in a, in a suit, and we should explore. It, it will be very fun. Um,
0: yes, yes, um, um, Mr. Tanaka, how how's the crew? I'm, i I, uh, uh, we all alive,
2: sir. Only Lieutenant Francis uh, is deceased. Everyone else is shaken. Uh, we have some bumps and bruises for sure from the landing, but the worst probably being Crisp's legs. So maybe Crisp Crisp shouldn't uh, come uh, go down a spaceship, right? They probably have different sized stairs than us. I'm like joking with him,
0: <laughs> trying
2: to get him to smile.
0: Uh, he he does not. However. I think in the time things have settled, the ship is, the life support systems are functional. It, it doesn't appear that you're going to die immediately. Power levels are low, but it's it's still working. And you've had a chance to do the bantering bit and, and to be, uh, and for uh, Ray to be moving around uh, from one person to another, calming them down. Uh, So I think that everybody can uh, probably reduce their stress by one. Oh. If you insist.
1: (laughs) I mean, honestly, if there is something there that we can scavenge that would help with our power supply issues, that might be a good idea. I am not sure how long we can last until a rescue mission can arrive.
0: Okay, everybody take one stress back for (laughs) that um, uh, message of doom and gloom. Damn!
1: Why did I do that?
0: <laughs> no, I I won't I won't make you do that. <laughs> no, I mean
1: I'm trying to
0: like encourage to go explore. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how long we'll live. Yeah, really can be stressful. Be
3: <laughs> I mean, you know, guys, anything would be better than uh, just sitting here waiting for them to come to us, man. Let's like, man, I yeah, I'd I'd rather I'd rather go do something. Sitting here like. It's just, it's wigging me out, man. Oh, do we have
0: any, um, wait, where's my professor voice? Hold on.
4: Yes, yes, mad scientist. Mm -hmm,
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes, well, um, is there any, um, scanners or anything on board here that are still functional?
1: It's a good idea, man. I think we should gather whatever we can. I will go get my bag.
3: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Like, look around and see what I can come up with.
0: The ship scanners are going to be up in the uh, pilot's cabin, you know, where all the blood is. A lot of it yours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, uh, by the way, there is still the corpse of that uh, creature that had leapt out of the ventilation systems and attempted to rip out Ensign Chris's
1: throat. Don't worry. I can, I can make sure and put it in uh,
3: stasis.
2: Oh, I was going to say, absolutely nobody touched this with their bare hands or, or, you know, like, make sure that it didn't bleed on you or anything. Because we kind of uh, saw the
3: acid blood with this thing, right?
2: Yeah, and who knows what weird diseases it could be carrying. Do I know where this thing's been? No, neither of you. <laughs> who knows? This, this might be space rabies.
1: Is there any kind of containment pods?
2: Yeah, we should get this uh, isolated where, where it won't, uh, you know, be a biohazard laying here on the, on the cargo bay floor.
0: Uh, there is an emergency, uh, two emergency cryo chambers um, in the shuttle.
1: Okay, but nothing that would be like a like a biohazard chamber.
0: Yeah, this isn't a science ship. Currently,
1: does the blood seem to be eating a hole through the shuttle?
0: Uh, yeah, it did a little bit, but not uh, more than just the grating that's on the floor of the, the cargo bay area where everybody is. It didn't go through the bulkhead. Okay. Okay.
2: That's good.
1: As long as we don't mess with it, I think uh, I think it uh, will be what it is for now. And I scurry off and go grab all of my stuff.
2: Do Do we have any of of things that they were going to put specimens in that would be maybe at least uh, kind of like like um, I don't know stuff you could put alien samples in and have it be con- you know contained? Well, you definitely or-
0: have things for smaller collection. Oh, gotcha. Uh, no one had expected larger fauna.
2: It's just like huge. Okay.
0: I know you guys keep wanting a jar, like <laughs> a giant mason jar to put stuff in.
2: But... We just have b- bigger and bigger mason jars. That's how the technology of pods works in this universe. <laughs>
0: the best you've really got here is the cryo chambers, the 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 weapons locker that had been crushing Doctor Wicks' leg, and then if you wanted to take like partial samples, then you could certainly you have you certainly have the. Um, containers to do that
1: dr lore is more interested in what is going on outside at the moment because that it seems to be the salvation heading to grab up her med kit her diagnostic device and also grabbing anything else that looks like it might be helpful any other cutting torches that might be
0: available on the shuttle well bill you are headed up to the cabin yes you go up there. It's a small space. You push in uh, behind the pilot's chair. You have momentary flashbacks of your leg being ripped <laughs> open as you sat in that chair.
3: A little shiver runs up and down his spine.
0: But, you know, that was a solid hour ago. And uh, there are still, you know, lights showing functionality on the panels. I'm inclined to let you roll... Uh, piloting for this check rather than uh, ComTech, in part because I know that you just added on some piloting.
3: I, I did, a little bit.
0: But also because uh, it seems like that would be like the scanners and such are part of the piloting aspect of this, rather than like the ComTech or science part. part. Okay. You might not be able to interpret them, but you can bring them up, you know, where the, the controls are, based on the video games you played.
3: Yes, easy enough. Uh, and I do still have a little stress. Because uh, I had a lot. Those kind of went everywhere. Yeah, that's a whole lot of nothing right there.
0: You flick the right switches. I mean, you know they're the right switches. It's not, not anything secret about them. But the uh, the monitors aren't coming up. There's a kind of a greenish background glow, but there's no information scrolling across them. Uh, would you like to try to fix the problem, or are you just going to let it be? Uh,
3: sure, let's fix the problem, or or at least make a very vain attempt to fix the problem.
0: Um, okay, well, this could be, this could end up being kind of stressful for you, because, I mean, all they sent you up here to do was just, you know, check some frickin' scanners, and here it is, it's supposed to work, these switches are supposed to work, just like the, the controls were supposed to work on your death spiral down into the center of this planet, and so this could be a little bit uh, stressy for you, so um, go ahead and roll a ComTech here.
3: And part of the reason that while Bill's doing this is because you know his years in the Marine Service, this isn't the first time he's been stressed out. This isn't the first weird thing that's happened, although it's pretty far up on the list. Um, but he also knows that the best way to deal with this is to do something. You know, idleness is like, that's one of the few things that he's actually just afraid of. So he's doing something, even if it's wrong. Here we go. Well, there you have it. One of each.
1: One face hugger. Uh,
0: this is going to mean a roll on the panic table. So you're going to roll a D6 plus uh, the number of stress die you have. So D6 plus two. <laughs>
3: that's about right. So that is a six. So that's eight.
0: Oh, dear. You, you like get underneath the uh, panel. Uh, like part of you know, hanging part way off of the uh, command chair there, and it's it's kind of awkward and it's hurting your leg. Uh, but you're under there and you're you're starting to pull some wires out that you think go to the right thing. You do see that there's some uh, messed up down here uh, from where that that creature was probably right before it slashed your leg. You're down here in this cramped place. You're down here in this claustrophobic space and. Maybe there's more than one of them. Um, You know that everybody else is back in the back. If something came for you now, it could just, like, rip your face off. You begin to tremble uncontrollably.
1: Uh, That's what's going on with Lars right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I got the jitters, man. I got the jitters.
3: Uh, And, you know, some of it's probably, too, because now that the action has has stopped, uh, uh, you know, was starting to calm down. And when that adrenaline wears off, that's when you get the shakes, man. So that's that that's a little what's kicking in there for him that the, all that kind of comes rushing at him
0: while you're experiencing that you also do still find the connections that got pulled out from when the creature was under here, and you plug those back in and you hear uh the clear sound of rebooting um in the monitors up above. <laughs> You have mail. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. I
1: and I was like AOL. What?
2: It looks like you're trying to restart the monitors. Would you like a tip?
3: <laughs> Look here, somebody's been trying to reach me about my extended warranty <laughs> <laughs> on your on your space shuttle <laughs> on the shuttle. So yeah, well, Bill, like after, like he hears all that and like job done, right? So he's going to jump out uh, and get a, get back out of that shuttle. And when he does so, you know he kind of brings up the guard position, kind of flipping around, looking everything over, like something's up again. Uh, just because now he's now he's really good and freaked out.
0: So you leave the pilot chamber, even though the things are booting back up. Yep. And you go back into the back section. Yep. Um. So you get back there, and and once you're around people again, it your your trembling settles. So all you needed to do was get out of that claustrophobic space, and and now you're you're feeling all right. Damn
3: cockpits, man! <laughs> uh,
0: meanwhile, several people have gathered up to either well, one stay or go out on a little mini expedition. Doctor Wick has essentially given command of organizing this little expedition over to you, Doctor Laura. Because that's not the same he, thing he cares about. He he says, "Doctor Angels, um, uh, pick out a few uh, good men, as they say, and uh, and then um, we will uh, we will make our way out onto the surface and find out what this is."
1: Well, uh, Ray is always a good asset. Um, as we always need good healers, and I guess we can take Wild Bill. Um, he seems to be. ...somewhat sufficient in uh, protecting us. Uh, Ensign Feather can be the red shirt for the expedition. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Ensign Feather seems to do very well in stressful situations. Um, but we should uh, make haste. Uh, try to find... We are looking for power supplies. Everybody check your comms units on your headset and uh let's make sure we have constant communication make sure we have constant communication with the Seattle
0: the suits that you're going to be able to take out with you are fairly basic environment suits uh, they are not too bulky they have a thin layer of air between the uh, outer skin of them and your skin they also have a fairly close fitting helmet that has lights on them uh, that Strangely, mostly illuminate your face rather than the um, area in front of you. Uh, no one's ever really certain <laughs> why that was a design of the, uh, of the suits. <laughs> but it allows your faces to be seen quite well in the otherwise dark spaces that you Excellent. find yourselves in.
2: <laughs> the suit models were too vain. They just wanted mm-hmm. to see themselves.
1: Our, our, we must find power supply as well as uh, any information as to what happened he- with this whatever it is.
0: Yes, yes, power supply, yes, of course. That's, I'm sure that's the most important thing that we will find <laughs> in this monolithic structure that we have um, crashed upon. Um, but, uh, but yes, I'm, I'm certain that... Why are we looking for power? They will be here to rescue us soon.
1: We have not been able to maintain communications with the base.
0: Well, sure, but the emergency beacon is surely... Powerful enough to uh, get past all of that. Anyway, it has approximately the same range, sir. Uh, when you all are ready, I'm ready to get out there myself and get to it, as they say. I've become Open British.
2: Axel, <laughs> <laughs> disease is affecting us all.
1: <laughs> it is bad <laughs> trying to maintain a certain accent unless you stay in it for like hours. <laughs> Well, if you we are already, then then um, shall I? As I walk towards the airlock uh, mechanism and
3: try and open the door. Yeah, let's just do something, man. Let's just do something.
0: There is a, a small airlock area. Let's see. It's going to be four of you, five of you total. And uh, you all cram into the space. The door closes behind you. There's an ominous latching sound, thunk, and then Dr. Laura hits the cycling button. Then the back gate, the back door of the shuttlecraft, lowers to become a ramp. And as it does, snow whirls in uh, around the edges. Uh, beyond, you see that a, a wind is uh, blowing snow All around the surface that you are on. These ice formations uh, to either side of the gouge you have created are in strange shapes, vaguely, barely illuminated by the exterior lights of the shuttle. And those lights of the shuttle don't extend more than uh, 20 or so meters beyond the edge of the ship. Beyond that, it's just darkness here on this deep, deep level of the planet, but directly behind the ship, a meter or so of ice, or whatever it is, has been just torn up by the passage of the shuttlecraft, and under that is a dark metal that is patterned with indentations and such, like plates on top of plates. Armored in some way, but all also one piece. So it's not like they've been bolted together. They're all sort of fused together. You take a few cautious steps down the ramp, leading the way with Dr. Wick, Dr. Laura.
1: Well, I guess um, let's find a way into this and start leading off and walking down, like, basically walking down, like, the groove that the shuttle had, like, created.
0: Ensign Feather waves the motion detector around to make sure that it's detecting all of you which is probably a good time to check the power level of the motion detector is this the same one yeah it's it's the only one that had any power while well, bill you're kind of in charge of the marine <laughs> detachment yeah
1: yeah you're the marine leader at this point
0: uh you may as well roll this power check it only has one power so roll 1d Six, uh, use a stress die. If it comes up with a one, it loses that last power point.
3: All righty.
0: Ooh, a two. <laughs> a dos. It wasn't a facehugger. But not a facehugger. Feather thumps against it with a, a mitted hand and go uh, and nods to everybody. Uh, motion detector is working. Wait, I don't think that's my accent. What was I, What was my accent? Did I have an accent?
2: <laughs> Bro, you're slowing down.
0: <laughs> did i have an accent <laughs> yeah the uh yes the um uh motion detector is working says hi ensign feather
3: good job Inson. uh all right uh let's, let's let's move forward doctors do your doctor thing
1: <laughs> i'm already like 20 30 feet ahead just kind of like looking around
3: yeah, yeah yeah uh yeah man like just just do your thing man
2: yo do you ever think about the fact like that like Somebody made this? Like, I said, do you ever think about it as if we didn't crash in on this five minutes ago? No, like, somebody made this. It's crazy. I have
0: something weird here, says Feather. Weird? Like, man, like, what is weird? like? Well, like, there's five of us. I'm getting uh, seven readings. Well, that's that's no good. Dr. Laura perks up, looks back. What do you mean? Uh, I mean, I'm getting seven readings. Where? Like,
2: where? Well, okay. There's the
0: there's the five of us, and he points at everybody. And then there's like somebody right in front of us, and somebody right behind
2: us. Does he point like close to moving. us? Like
0: yeah, like only uh, three or four meters ahead of you, and maybe that back. You've you've now moved a little bit away from the shuttle. You're standing on the metal uh, surface beneath you.
1: Are you saying there are other life forms here?
0: I, I guess, but wait a minute, hold on. Does this looking thing... up
1: at the sky looking for any of those flying things.
0: Yeah, and Wild Bill's doing the thing where he looks with his gun. Uh, Dr. Laura and uh, Wild Bill give me observation checks then. Ooh. Uh, I got one success. Two successes. You're not seeing anything. There's, there's nothing out there in the darkness that you can see. Your rifle, Wild Bill, has a a light on it and it's shining out into the not blizzard, but definitely wind blown um snow and particles and such. There's illusions of movement, but now you're in your element. Now it's not, you know, a cramped little space with some, you know, bitey little chupacabra thing trying to <laughs> rip you apart. And and you're not you're able to distinguish between shapes that are made by the the patterns created by the snow, and other things. There's nothing out there. And, Dr. Laura, you look up and around for a moment, but then you go over and you actually look at the motion detector, and you see what Ensign Feather wasn't seeing, which is that it does kind of indicate not just location, but altitude, and these figures are below you. Are
1: we, uh, well, enough equipped? And I look around trying to assess everybody's weaponry. I still only have my, what is it, the M3A2 pistol or something like that? The service pistol. Um, but I'm looking around and making sure that everybody else is equipped.
0: Do you feel equipped?
2: I don't get weapons, but I've got my med kit, my NaproLeave.
1: You have no weapons? How about Wild Bill?
3: I mean, but Wild Bill has a rifle. You have
1: your marine stuff, yeah. Uh, and and the ensign? Uh, a sidearm. Ensign arm. feather, just a sidearm. Does Dr. Wick have anything?
0: Um... His powerful, powerful brain. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you don't want Doctor Wake to have a gun. <laughs> yeah, almost as much as you
1: don't want Doctor Laura to have a gun. But anyway, mm-hmm. she has one. So, um, if we if we run into trouble, we should uh, return to Chateau and continuing forward, looking for an opening, a hatch, something that seems different.
0: You brought your gear with you, right, Dr. Lorne? Yeah,
1: like a med kit, uh, I have a diagnostic device, I have a weapon, Uh, yeah, I have quite a few things. I have, like, this weird backpack that I'm, like, going through, like, pulling out stuff, grabbing, oh yes, I have a weapon.
4: (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: But right now I have the flashlight out and mostly just kind of, like, looking
0: around. Combs from the ship crackle on over your headsets, and instant crisp comes on and says, Here's a, um, away team. Do you, uh, copy?
1: Yes, we hear you in St. crisp.
0: Uh, yeah, it, uh, looks like, um, I've got a, I've got a thinner area. Um, it's underneath some snow or ice about, uh, uh, 50, uh, 50 yards back. We will check it out.
2: The surface is thinner?
0: Uh, it, it's weird reading. Um, I'm... Like less echo resonance. Yeah. Exactly that. I I yeah, that's
1: exactly what it's telling me. <laughs> uh fifty feet directly ahead of where we are now. Yeah, I said yards, but sure. Fifty f- yards of where we are now.
0: Dr. Wick says, I believe that he means uh, uh meters. <laughs> Goddamn metrics. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, mostly just continuing forward. Uh, we will check it out. Thank you, and send
0: crisp. Uh, crisp out. You go back about fifty meters, and you do find uh, that here the the ice and snow wasn't gouged up as deeply, but it was cracked up pretty good. It was like this is like the initial spot where you hit, and maybe the third time there was like some bouncing along the way, and you do see that. Here, the metal isn't fused together. There's a separation, as if this could be some sort of hatch. But if it is, it's on a monolithic scale. It is a solid um, 10 feet across. Start dusting off
1: the snow. Start dusting off the snow. And, like, as I start to do that as well.
0: The ice is strange. Um, It's it's a, a weird color in the lights from your helmets. Uh, It's a blue-gold, almost, and sharp-edged. It really wants to cut through your uh, environmental suits. It is cold out here, too. Your suits are keeping you reasonably protected from that, but they also have power levels that will need to be checked occasionally.
1: Look for an access panel.
2: We do that.
0: What would that look like?
1: I am not sure. I've never seen anything like this.
0: Uh, Yes, an access panel for something like this... uh, I mean, are we suspecting it's a a ship, or, hmm, uh, Dr. Lohr, I wish that we'd gotten those scanners working. Wait, the um, fellow back in the ship, I wonder if he could give us a a uh, a larger echo imagery. Is that what the terminology is for, for that?
1: Resonant imagery, yes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes,
0: yes, that, that, yes, yes.
3: I mean, we can always ask him. Hey, Crispy, you still listening? Uh, this is, um, Instant
0: Crisp, yes.
3: Yeah, Crispy, the the docs want more uh, like a larger echo thingy on the whatever that is there.
0: Uh, Right. Uh, I'll see what I can do. Give me a few. And uh, who's going to be looking specifically for the, uh, like, some sort of access panel? Well, Dr. Laura.
2: I think Ray's kicking around in the snow looking for one, too.
0: Ray's going to be helping. So this will give you a plus one die, Dr. Laura. Uh, Go ahead and roll observation. Plus one? Mm Mm-hmm. Plus one die.
1: Plus not a stress, stress die, just a regular die. But also plus stress.
0: But also plus stress. <laughs> you are still stressed. And you want to get in, you want to find the entrance to this. You want to you want it to be cool. You want it to be the the find of a, a lifetime.
1: I do. Uh two successes. No face huggers.
0: Yay. You find a
4: huge
0: bar inset into the metal itself. Like it's some sort of plunger-like wheel, except it's just a bar. Uh, So it looks like probably this bar lifts up and then you turn it, but it is two feet across,
1: probably. I think I found something. Can somebody help me with this?
2: I'll go over and help her.
3: Bill, maybe you too.
2: Yeah, this is big.
3: I mean, while Bill help if he has to, but he really likes uh, the idea of somebody staying on guard and keeping watch too.
0: Well, Bill takes up an overwatch. Uh, there's really is just room for two of you to get onto the onto the plunger. All right. And uh, this is going to be straight up strength. So which one of you wants to take point on that?
1: I would probably lean towards Ray.
0: Ooh,
2: and just me, pick me. All
0: right. So Ray, go ahead and roll this one. You'll have a plus one for uh, Doctor Laura's help.
2: Is it just strength, or is there any specific skill that I should roll?
0: Nope, just strength. Probably just strength.
2: Just strength. Plus one from Doctor Laura. It's two successes.
1: Nice. Excellent.
0: You lift up on this plunger and turn it and then push it back down. There is a click. It's a very solid, very loud click that comes through the the, uh, helmets of your suit. There is a sudden whooshing of air that just blows up from all around this 10 foot by 10 foot hatch. It blows the ice and such off of the top, and then it begins to sink into the ground. Do you want to stand on it as it does so? No, move off oh, to the I side. Oh, I don't know.
2: Yeah, no, I don't know what's down there.
0: It disappears into the darkness, leaving a black pit behind that your lights do little to illuminate.
1: Click on my flashlight again and shine it down to the hole. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Again, it's just a an X-Files-like beam that catches the ice particles floating down and the dust.
2: Oh, we're going to need a longer rope.
0: At that moment, Ensign Chris's voice comes across the comms and he says... There, the first thing that you get, though, is that there's this just aura of awe in his voice. And he says, Away team, this isn't a ship. What is it? It's the planet.
2: No, but what is it, though? Like, come on.
0: And then we go to the Pescado Malo.
2: <laughs> oh my god. Flying oh my through gosh.
0: the starscape of space.
2: <laughs> that is a moon.
0: Space trucking <laughs> across the universe. That's playing on the...
1: On Piscato Malo. Still can't <laughs> find ja, reverse. Ja, ja, ja.
0: On the Pescado Malo, we left our crew in a series of dire straits. Lars was passed out in a junction on deck B, while Bosco and Patience were in the engine room, having just been attacked by something horrifying. The Claxons have begun going off. The lighting has switched to General Quarters Red. The captain has come across the intercom system saying uh, there's an emergency, uh, everybody needs to get back up here to the galley, uh, uh, we got some shit to figure out. <laughs> but what he doesn't know is that you have eyes on the thing that attacked you, threw you across the room, the thing that has apparently sabotaged many of the comm systems here <laughs> on this level. I forgot about Go deeper into the engine compartments, deeper in among the engines. You were going to go after it right before the klaxons went off. What is your thinking now? What are you going to do?
2: Well, <laughs> remembering that the, uh, the patients would remember, I do not, that uh, the comm panels are um, non-functional. I instead will turn to Bosco and say bosco uh you need to get up there and report to, to, rec- to the captain directly i can't i can't communicate from here so i'm going to tell him i have eyes on what i believe to be a potential immediate threat to the engines
3: and and you want me to to leave you with that potential immediate threat uh sounds like a terrible idea
2: how- <laughs> i was going to say <laughs> i was going to say how else are we going to supposed to re- report to the captain but i don't know if patients would actually say that um unless you have a unless you have a mobile communication device in your pocket that I don't know about, we have no other way of alerting him to what is potentially going on down here.
3: Uh, I got a flashlight.
2: That will not help us communicate with our captain.
3: Are, uh, are the engines running? Yes. Well, now, wait a minute. We ain't got comms, but that don't mean we can't communicate. Uh, you know, the controls up for these engines are all up in uh, uh, the cockpit, but they all run down here. All we got to do is uh, figure out which lights you want to make blinky, and I could probably make them blinky from here.
2: I'm sorry, I was reading the chat. What were you saying?
3: B- Bosco, th- you know, can make the controls blink from here. That's what he does. I mean, I'm not going to say we ain't never messed with a pilot before, you know.
2: You intend to send the captain a message in Morse code through blinking control panel lights? Yeah. That's actually a good idea. You should do that.
0: While you contemplate this possibly. Crazy or possibly crazy good idea. There's a shower of sparks that fountains up from deeper in the engines in that maze of machinery where the creature disappeared. To
2: but do it fast, I'll say to Bosco, (laughs) and
0: uh, yeah, yeah, fast is good. Go off
2: into the (laughs) into the uh, to follow it,
0: Bosco. You move over to some. Uh, controls you you some of the dials and knobs and and switches here that will move steam pressure from one place to another that will overload some minor systems and underpower some others and start analyzing what the best method would be to send your message in morse code patience you clamber up getting some footholds on various pieces of motionless machinery on indentations and large bolts sticking out from the sides of the machinery. And you climb up until you can get yourself, not wedged into, but it's pretty narrow. You have to move kind of sideways as you start moving through one of the sections here where the creature disappeared into. And you... You didn't see it for very long, but you, you saw it long enough. It was pretty big. You're not sure how it cut through here so fast.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's dark back here, but there is that red light filtering in in places. It, of course, is strobing because heaven knows it doesn't do to have a solid red light when there's an emergency going on. You know, one that might not distract you, uh, would be of no use at all. And you make your way back, feeling the heat of the engines on your back, on your face. Patients, make an observation roll. Okay. No particular reason.
2: <laughs> this is fine. This
0: is going to be an opposed check.
2: Okay. Well, fellas, <laughs> I got zero successes. <laughs> <laughs> Doing real great tonight. <laughs> Actually, we've had a lot of good rolls tonight.
0: Yeah, it looks like I have three successes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> good job, Patience.
0: You're moving along there, and you should have known, you should have known, you should have known that it wouldn't be in front of you. <laughs> I mean, when you first encountered it, it was crawling down the wall like a spider. This isn't a tunnel. This is a chasm here that you are passing through, and it is only when the creature's drool drips down on you from above, when you hear that ticking sound, tick 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 tick, tick tick tick. And then something reaches down for you, and let me actually find out what it does. <laughs> I always forget to roll first to see what its attack actually is It lifts you up, and then launches itself through the air, landing on top of this bulk of this metal. You hear this, Bosco, and you turn and you look, and you see up there, illuminated by red light, red flashing light, this creature, this thing. Bosco, you see this. You see the red lights illuminating this thing from behind, Silhouetting it as it has a hold of Patience. Patience, its head, that sleek, torpedo-like head, is right there in front of you. It's got you gripped on either side, your shoulders creaking underneath the stress, the pressure of this thing's muscles. It opens its jaws wider (laughs) and then wider and then hands are pulling the head of this thing apart. Wait! Well, that glinted quickly. And covered in gore is a face.
2: <laughs>
0: and that face looks at you and says, I've found you, Dr. Grace Moreau. Oh, my God.
2: That's the most terrifying way I can possibly imagine seeing this dude again
0: <laughs> and bosco all you see from down below is this thing as it rips patience's arm off and white blood goes spraying everywhere and we'll see where all of this goes <laughs> on the next episode of the gothic podcast oh my gosh patient you've been disarmed <laughs>
2: The Gothic Podcast is a humor and horror actual play podcast produced by C. Patrick Nagel, starring C. Patrick Nagel, Sharon gallery LaFournaise, Jesse Baldwin, and Richard Southard. Season 3 of The Gothic Podcast uses rules from the Alien RPG, produced by Free League Publishing, and Monster of the Week, written by Michael Sands, and published by Evil Hat Productions. Theme music is by Zoe Hovland, and original artwork by Jared George-Art. If you enjoy the Gothic Podcast, please like, rate, and review us on iTunes. Visit our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram feeds, and check out our Patreon page. Thanks!
1: Jules is like an ex heel. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Jules is like the Steven Seagal of the station.
2: Well, while Jules goes, <laughs> while Jules goes along with here.